Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news and are currently on hiatus. But my name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is, well, I'm by myself tonight. And uh, yeah, I am here to bring you, while we're on a, a hiatus, we'll be, at, we'll be back next week, by the way, um, I'm here to bring you a little bit of a bonus episode. I could not, not. Uh, based off of the news that we got, and I apologize in advance because very informal, it's late, uh, we're on hiatus because I had a baby, and so <sighs> don't have a lot of free time, um, so I got to record when nobody else is awake, um, so it's very informal. I'm in a place where I don't normally record, I'm right next to the HVAC, so like when the air's pumping, like right now. You can hear it in the background, probably. I mean, I might have by now uh, in post-production gotten that down. I don't know. I don't know how much post-production I'm going to do on this episode. It's a little bit different. Like I said, got a nice drink here, a 32-ounce bottle of H2O. So I got that going. But I want to talk about the last week in gaming. I wanted to bring you a bonus episode recapping the two biggest things that happened in the gaming world. Again, we'll be back in full for episode 249 next week with Sam and I, but uh, I couldn't not talk about the two big events that happened the last two Wednesdays. Wednesday the 18th of August was a Pokemon Presents that gave us a whole bunch of news, including Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, BDSP for short. If you hear me say BDSP, I'm talking about the Gen 4 remakes and Legends Arceus news. And on top of that as well, we had Gamescom opening night live that happened on Wednesday, the 25th of August. And that I took copious notes. I don't know why. Uh, It was a two-hour-plus show. So I have an entire recap of that as well, every announcement. I'm probably going to skip – I'm going to skip nothing. Like I'll mention everything that I took notes on. Um, if it was like a musical thing, I did not take notes on it, but I took notes on everything. I won't speak about everything, but at least I have a recap of it all. There's a lot of photos up on our Instagram at we podcast and we know things or our Facebook as well. There's like 11 photos up on Facebook, 10 on Instagram, uh, that basically recap the biggest stuff that was announced. So you can just get a quick snapshot over there, but we got release dates for some really cool games that we've been looking forward to getting release dates on. Horizon Forbidden West, Halo Infinite are the two big ones. Um, we got our open beta for Riders Republic, which is currently downloading on my PS5 right now. So I'm very excited to jump into that for the next couple of days. I'll give you details on all that. But before we do the Gamescom opening night live, I want to go in chronological order of when these things happened. And it's old-ish news by now because in 2021, anything a week old is old news. Anything a day old is old news, but I did not want to wait until next week, which is two weeks old at that point, to talk about the Pokemon Presents for BDSP and Legends Arceus. There was some Unite news. We're getting Mamoswine and Sylveon in there, um, and there was some EX, Masters EX news and Go news. We're getting Wulu, Squovit. I can't remember the third Pokemon. And then the two Zacian and Zabuzenta, the legendaries, from Galar in Pokemon Go. So there's all that as well. Um, But then there was the big stuff. So I'm going to break that down to start with BDSP, go into Legends, and then I'll hit Gamescom. So hopefully a nice, tidy bonus episode. Thanks for coming with me along for the ride at the Nintendo on Twitter, at the Nintendo. And then again, at We Podcast, we know things on IG, find us on Facebook, all that good stuff. So let's talk about 
that Pokemon presents. It was awesome. Just flat out was awesome. I watched it on an iPad in a hospital room at nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning. And it was phenomenal. Um, I came away from this one. If you go back and listen to the Nintendo's thoughts on, you know, side episode I did back for the Pokemon presents for Pokemon day back in February, when these games were initially announced, it was, I was hyped, but like kind of kept in check a little bit. And the art style I dug on BDSP, but I wasn't dug into it. And now I think, Given what we've seen, it's just so much cleaner and it doesn't look like there's just a head on top of two feet like it did initially. Like it was, it could be rough uh, on that initial trailer, for especially in the overworld when they're looking down at the top down. It looked like a giant head for the protagonist on two little feet with no legs, no body. And that's completely changed and I like that a lot. The dynamic lighting looks a lot better, but kind of let's go through it a little bit. Um, I am much more confident now than I was going into this, that these probably, I think they'll sell better than ORAS, but probably that's about it from a remake perspective. I don't think it'll touch Hard Gold, Soul Silver, or Fire Red, Leaf Green, and I don't think it'll touch Let's Go um, either. And Let's Go is within reach. I think that's at like 11 or 12 million uh, for Let's Go, but I think BDSP is probably a 10 million seller. I don't think it'll do more than that. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe people like, you know, have gravitated towards it too, but we've got a lot more stuff in this. It looks like we're going to get the platinum decks. So you, and there might even be a different style of, of exclusives because they've sent out some exclusives over in tweets. And I don't know if they're the full list or not. So I can't tell you if it's one-to-one from the old games, but again, it's more, looks like more like the platinum decks because you have Houndoom in there, which automatically tells you, it's more than just the Diamond and Pearl decks um, because Diamond and Pearl only had Ponyta and and uh, the Firestarter. Was it Chimchar? So like they're the only two fire types. So to have Houndoom in there, you already know that it's an expanded deck. And I believe there's even Pokemon that were from previous regions that weren't even in those decks. It's a lot easier to get like Munchlax now. So from that perspective, it's a lot better. So... <clears throat> uh, you have the contests are back. You have character customization, which I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, you have the grand underground with overworld, like little caverns where you can go into the overworld and get Pokemon in the overworld, which is nuts. I thought that was brilliant. Um, Diamond. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm out of my mind right now. So with that, what I'm going to do is... I'm opening up the Pokemon Presents right now, and I'm just going to go through the trailer a little bit. I'm not going to like play the trailer for you, but I'm just going to go through the trailer and break down my thoughts on everything that is happening so you can kind of get a live time with me. The overworld, it looks better. It doesn't look as flat. There's that like little bit of a blur going on, kind of like um, Link's Awakening, just to make things pop a little bit more. It doesn't look so sharp. It looks a little bit more like kind of watercolored down. Like I said, the characters look so much better. The music is bopping. You can take off the hat so, again, it doesn't look like that giant just hat on a person's little body. They clearly had more detail um, added, so much more detail to the characters. Pokemon follow you, which did not happen in Diamond and Pearl, which I love. This game might have my favorite battle backgrounds of any game, including Sword and Shield, so far. I love the battle backgrounds. Go back and watch this trailer and then look at like 
the detail of the trees and like all the different types of environments that you battle in and just go check that out. I thought it was awesome. Uh, you have the union room, which is like basically where you connect with other players online. I love that you can put stickers on the Pokeballs, which is cool. You can put up to 20 stickers on a Pokeball and it basically customizes the animation that that Pokemon comes out to. Like you can put a bunch of lightning bolts on your Pokeball and then boom, your Pokemon will, when it comes out of the ball, instead of nothing, it'll have little sparks or a chat talk. It'll have music notes and stuff like that. I thought that was really neat. Um, again, love the character customization. My guess here is that you can't like uber customize. You can't pick your own hat and your own shirt and your own pants. It's probably outfits. And that's kind of like what let's go did. Um, and it's probably just all for one, take it or leave it. You might be able to remove the hat. That's the sense I get because, again, a lot of times in this trailer, the trainer wasn't wearing a hat at all. So my guess is maybe you have that type of, of customization. You can maybe remove a hat. But that's cool because I don't want to wear a hat. I think the Gengar style thing was awesome. No hat. I'm all set. Then there's this Team Galactic. I'm sure that's going to have to, you know, that kind of the end game. They probably have a little bit of post-game stuff with Team Galactic. I'm sure the three was at Uxi, Mesprit, and Uzleaf. Uzleaf? I can't remember. Um, they w- Or Uxi, I think. I, whatever. That'll probably be the post-game, I imagine. Maybe a Cynthia episode. Kind of like Orest did the Delta episode with Mega Rayquaza. That was a lot of fun. Probably the best part of the game, to be honest. I don't love Ores. Uh, Ores. And, um, no, that's that's really exciting to me. And so... While these are faithful-ish remakes, there's a lot of quality of life improvements. I'm really hoping there's no HMs. I didn't get the vibe from this trailer that there are or are not. I could not be confirmed about there being no HMs. ORAS brought HMs into the game. Um, what was it? What? Uh, I can't remember when ORAS came out. If it was... Because X and Y took them out. And then ORAS brought him back in. That's right. So that was kind of frustrating. But anyway, um, there's that. I like that a lot. Um, I can't tell if there will be HMs or not. I hope there's not. Um, And then you have, you know, really detailed. I don't know how else to explain it. Like the world just looks better and detailed. They also have the Dialga and Palkia Switch Light that will come out. The Onyx. Uh, not the Pokemon, the color, just like the DS. I mean, there's not really much else to say because these are remakes. It looks so much better than before. I'm definitely more excited. I have the double pack pre-ordered. I'll be playing through Brilliant Diamond. Jimmy will be playing through Shining Pearl, Jim Nugabauer, our buddy. We Pokemon who know things episode, I think, 192. Banger of an episode. Um, But... Regardless, this is a game I'm looking forward to a lot more than I was. And I was already going to buy it. And I would have probably settled for handheld uh, at that point. But you know what? This is a TV game now. Like, it looks really that much better. I think the star of the show was Legends Arceus, which is fine. Uh, it kind of deserves to be. Ilka is, is developing BDSP. Game Freak developing... Um, Legends Arceus, and that's the one with the most questions, too. You, you get a remake, you get a remake. You kind of know what you're in for with BDSP. There will be some little you know, little surprises along the way, and we'll find all that out. But really, the star of the show is Legends Arceus because it's a brand new thing. Hell, they said in a Sinnoh of old in the debut trailer, and now we've come to find that it's not even named Sinnoh. It's Hisui. We're in the Hisui region, which is just wild to think. Um, 
And originally I thought this was going to be Pokemon of the wild. And that's what I think a lot of people said, open world, open world. But Pokemon never said open world. They never have. They're not in a tweet, nothing. This might not be an open world game. This could be more akin to a Monster Hunter style game, which I think um, is based on what I've seen so far where I, you know, if I had to put my chips in, that's where I'm kind of leaning is a Monster Hunter style game where it's more open area. You go to an area because there are tasks. There are research tasks. So go here and do this. Go here and do this. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go anywhere. So I guess by definition, maybe it is open world. But I think like your one directive task will kind of open up that area. And maybe some will be sealed off. Maybe you can't just go to the entire world. You have to unlock it. And then when you unlock each area, then it becomes open world. Kind of when the game is, I guess, considered done. So you unlock small parts of the map as you go. And by the end, you can kind of go anywhere and do anything. But again, the point of the game is you're creating the first ever Pokedex. You're not here to get eight gym badges and become the champion. There is no such thing. You're basically defining what Pokemon is to become. And that's exciting. And I'll tell you, they put the trailer in and immediately looks better. Um, I didn't think it looked horrible to begin with, and I haven't heard this take in a lot of places, and this is the first thing I thought of when I saw the art style for this game. And I do, by no means do I think it's gorgeous, and by no means do I think it's, you know, it can be gorgeous in places, but like breathtaking, or by no means do I think it's like revolutionizing what the Switch could do. Um, it looked And it looked rough at times in the debut, especially the grass and, of course, the chinling, but, you know... If you look at it, that was just because of the render. It actually wasn't as bad as that made out to seem, but or seem to be. But um, what this looks like now, it reminds me of if you think about like feudal Asia in general, you know, the samurai era, just things like that. What was really popular is paintings and you know, the watercolor aesthetic. And I really think that's what this game is going for. I really think that the art style, not the graphic, the art style is that akin to a watercolor type style. And that's what I think it excels in because when you look at it that way, it does look great. It's very varied. It looks awesome. The trailer zooms in on what we all thought was, you know, Sinoian at the time before we figured out it was Hisui, Stantler. Uh, you know, first thing I said, was, oh my gosh, there's a Christmas Pokemon again. You know, they're going Christmas Stantler. And if you look at that and you pause it on the, st- on the well, we find out to be weirdier shot. Because again, there's new Pokemon in this game, which is amazing. At least four, probably more. Up, I would imagine upwards of 10 because that seems to be the trend in new Pokemon games. When you introduce a Pokemon, they tend to introduce about 10 of either forms or new evolutions. So we'll get to that when we get to that. But if you look at that shot of the weird deer, the Lion King shot, where he's on top of the cliff looking off at it, circle of life, that grass on that or moss, whatever you want, looks just horrible. It is just flat as can be. But the rest of the shot looks gorgeous. So if I have to sacrifice some flat textured grass for beautiful backgrounds and dynamic lighting and the ability to ride Pokemon like it, we will be able to do. There will be no HMs in this game. You can ride Weirdeer and Basque Legion and Hasui and Braviary, Braviary and all that cool stuff. That's fine with me if you have a little bit of a flat ground texture. If the trees, you know, again, that's fine. I can kind of look past it. It depends there 
and the tall grass needs to look good because that's where I'm exploring. But like if off to the side, a random rock face looks a little flat that I don't interact with, I can kind of forgive it a little bit more. But you have weird ear. The town looks 10 times better. Like just a, they made that look like it had four buildings in it. Like it was Pallet Town uh, in the first trailer. It was really, really rough. But Jubilife Town, which again will become Jubilife City as it becomes Sinnoh. Hisui will eventually become Sinnoh. That looks awesome. It's got that big giant industrial building with the Galarian wheezing on it, which is crazy to think that a Galarian wheezing is in an ancient Sinnoh slash Hisui region game. Then we never even heard of of uh, that type of wheezing until two years ago. So it's kind of wild to think the lore and where they're going to go with it and how they're going to make it make sense. And like, why? Here's a question for you that I'm a little stumped on. So I would love it if you know, or if you have a theory, like, so your mission in Legends Arceus is to create the first Pokedex. And we already know there's going to be at least four new Pokemon, Hisui and Braviary, Hisui and Growlithe, um, uh, 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 Basque Legion and Weird Ear. Now, if you are putting them in the first ever Pokedex, that means that they're probably cataloged somewhere. But why has no one ever heard about them or talked about them in eight, in eight generations up until now? And they were in the first decks. You'd think that they weren't just forgotten. So it's kind of like, uh, I'm excited to see if they even touch that or if they just say, nah, they just got lost. We don't know every species of everything, even if they were cataloged. Like, you know, I, I'm, I don't know where they're going to take that, but I'm interested to hear that perspective. If they go that deep into the Lord, hell, they, they might not. They might just say, okay, you know, catch your 150 and, and move on your merry way. But you'll be a part of a galaxy research team, which is clearly Team Galactic. They have the basically the Team Galactic logo already. Uh, you have the professor, I believe it's Professor Laventon. You have... Uh, Silene, which is basically Cyrus. You have Commodo, I believe his name is, which is just Professor Rowan. Like you could tell that these are going to be the and that are the ancestors of these current people. When you get to Sinnoh, Silene will be, you know, an, an ancestor of Cyrus and Commodo, or I believe that's his name, will be, uh, you know, a descendant to Professor Rowan and even Professor Laventon. I don't know. <laughs> no one seems to be even able to make that connection. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have kids because he's just a professor and he, his bloodline stops. I, I don't know. But the lavender tree is where they're going with that. Every professor named after lavender. So it's or named after a tree. So it's nice to know that, uh, that they're kind of starting that with him because you figure he's one of the first Pokemon professors ever. He finds that, you know, the three random starters, Oshawott, Rallet, Cyndaquil, they are from his journeys through other regions, and he brings them to Hisui. They are not native to Hisui, so that's that explains why those starters are the way they are. Um, the UI looks cool. I don't know what everything is. Like, if you look at it, X to throw a ball, the old school balls, which is pretty cool. Um, it looks like you have some sort of notepad. There's definitely a crafting menu uh, because you'll be crafting the balls and crafting pretty much everything, which is cool. I hate – so here's the thing. Let me break it down. I hate crafting normally can't stand it but like if it's light if it's like baby's first crafting i'm cool with it like uh the last of us right you just find a bunch of stuff in the environment you hit the menu you combine a few things and there you go i'm cool with that like that almost crafting light you don't have to do it's not very in-depth you find two things you combine them and boom a new thing so like that'd be cool for me like if i find a rock and a something i combine them there's your pokeball 
see you later, and I can kind of move on my merry way. That's neat to me. Cool there. If you go any deeper, I kind of get turned off by crafting. And like you go and you have to pre-register your missions at a survey camp and stuff. So like I said, very Monster Hunter. I'm not a Monster Hunter guy. I've tried it. I've played the demos. I've played, I think it was Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate on the Wii U I owned. I tried my best to get into it. I just couldn't. So I really hope that, again, this is like baby's first Monster Hunter game where I don't have to do all of these things to prepare. I kind of just get my mission. I go out into the world and I figure it out and I complete it. That's what I would like. But that monster, I think it definitely took a lot of inspiration from the Monster Hunter franchise. And you made it like basically Pokemon Hunter. Like that's kind of where I'm at with this game. I mean, you see them in the wild. Some of them come up to you and pet you like a Bidoof. Some of them like Starly, they run away from you. And you basically just catch them and you can initiate battles, throw your Pokemon, you know, throw your ball near them. It initiates the battle. That stuff's really cool. What I think we're going to find more about more out about before the game launches is why do their eyes turn red? Why can they attack you and you take damage? Like what's going on there to make them angry and make them turn on you. So I think like that's going to be really interesting to figure out. This isn't the last information we're going to find out. What's crazy is Galler didn't do a ton of news drops, but like I remember sun and moon. That's when the pod first started. And like, I think we started in, it was like a, we started in July of 16. I think Sun and Moon was 17. No, Ju- Sun and Moon were 16. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was 17. And Let's Go was 18. So, yeah, when we first started was July. So we had July, August, September, October, November. About four to five months um, before the games launched that we started the pod. And I swear, almost every two or three episodes... We were dropping Sun and Moon news with a little trailer or a new Alolan form or this, that, and the other. I don't think they're going to go that crazy with this. I don't think we're going to get like that much news. But I definitely think we are in for at least another Pokemon Presents. Maybe, maybe two. Maybe like, I definitely think one for both games. But then you have that three-month gap between the two. So maybe we get another one just based on Arceus. I don't know, December, January, like early January, just to prime us for the end of January for this game. I could see something like that happening, which would be really neat. Uh, I'll talk about the Pokemon last because I really, that's where I want to spend the majority of my time with this game. But like you're running off cliffs, you're riding Pokemon. It looks expansive. It doesn't look like it's really tight, which is going to be cool. I don't think it's going to be a huge world like um, Breath of the Wild or anything like that. I think I'm over the thought of Pokemon of the wild. I don't think we're there, but I do think this will be, I don't know, 25 hours, maybe like I could see that. That'd be fun. And there's like a lot of that's just exploring. I'm cool with 25. Like I think 40 is pushing it in a game for me. Like skyward sword is a lot of fun, but man, to think I'm three, I'm on my fourth dungeon there. And to think that I still got three more and like, it's kind of a schlag. I'm I'm 20 hours in almost. So I'm at a point where I'm like, that's just too long of a game. Ghost of Tsushima, another one. I had asked, how long is this Iki Island? And someone said, I got through it in about 12 hours and I took my damn time. I said, perfect. I spent 30 bucks on that to get the director's cut. That's a perfect amount of time. I'm totally cool with it. So if this was 25 hours or so, to me, that's a really, really good amount of time. I'm really happy with that. Um, I just hope it, you know, 
it's it's funny because like you look at like the research stuff and it's like I've encountered 12 shinxes. I'm like, damn, like that's a lot of filler potential, especially for the completionist. If you want to go through and do all of that, like look, watch it, learn quick attack and watch it do this and watch this. It's like, damn, I got to go out into the world and do. So like I can see a world where you quote unquote pad your stats and it, it kind of makes it bigger than it needs to be. Though we'll kind of figure all that out. I'm really excited to play it. 2022 looks stacked between this and now Turtles and God of War Ragnarok potentially and Gotham Knights and potentially the Suicide Squad game, which I think will get pushed to 23. But as of now, it's 22. Um, and potentially Breath of the Wild 2 and Splatoon 3 and whatever the holiday Pokemon game is, because I don't think they're just going to go January and see you later. Like, I think we might even get something next year at the holiday time. Um I'm probably missing a couple like my goodness horizon is next year. So there's like a ton of craziness coming next year. Um, so yeah, there's going to definitely be a, um, Oh, uh, sorry. Mario plus rabbits sparks of hope, like another one. So there's gonna be a lot of competition for the gaming dollar. And I think this has potential to stand out. It's got potential to be special. Uh, I mean like everybody kind of thought that this was going to be a cut and paste see you later type of game, but then they dropped four new Pokemon on us. And like two of them are evolutions of, of pretty much useless Pokemon that people forget about. And two of them are Hisuian forms of beloved ones. And so like they're not just saying, okay, take the copy and paste Diamond and Pearl decks, pop it into this world, and go catch them all. They're putting thought into it and adding lore, adding Mons, and that's awesome. Uh, Hisuian Growlithe, arguably the co- cutest thing ever, like super cool. Um, I love it. It's like that dog statue, the Japanese dog statue. The name is escaping me. I can't think right now, but everybody says, oh, wait till a Sui and Arcanine. Wait till a Sui and Arcanine. Wait till his Sui and Arcanine. And I can see that. I can see a world where it does evolve into his Sui and Arcanine. But I can also see a world where like Galarian Meowth evolved to Berserker. I could see a world where Hisui and Growlithe evolves into something new which would be awesome. And that's my preferred, I don't know what its name would be, but that'd be my preferred method. It's brand new. Like, let's see if we're going to go, let's go. You know, um, that's where I'm all in on. That'd be super sick. So, uh, Hisuian Growth, awesome. Looks great. Hisuian Braviary. I love Braviary. Like the American Pokemon thought it was awesome. Um, still is, but now even cooler. Cause it's psychic. Oh, by the way, Hisuian Growth, fire rock. How cool is that? Uh, now you have psychic type for Hisui and Braviary. Looks even better. Didn't think it could look cooler than it does in its normal. I believe Unova was the region, Gen 5. Looks even cooler. Uh, Basque Legion is the darkest shit ever, man. It's uh, the souls of Basculin that have died on its swim upstream possess a Basculin and it becomes Basque Legion. A giant Basculin with like ghost smoke for a tail that never stops swimming like geez pokemon the kids play this game but yeah it's awesome and you can ride it so there's your surf mechanic is now riding basculegion that's only the red basculegion i can see two things there the blue basculegion a just or basculin i should say just won't be in the game um hisui only had one basculin is a very easy way to get around that or two maybe there's a blue basculegion we just haven't seen it yet i feel like we would have already it's water ghost I feel like we would have seen that already and they would have said something, but 
Uh, who knows if we, we if we will. Um, I think it's just the red basculin in this region, and that's the basculin region we get is just the red one. That's my thought. Uh, and then lastly, I talked about already was Weird Ear, which is the uh, the new evolution of Stantler. So Stantler, a Unova Pokemon. No, is it Unova? Maybe it's Sinnoh. I should probably look that up. But Stantler, who no one liked and was just kind of a forgotten Pokemon, gets a new evolution in Weird Ear, who, again, probably went extinct, and that's fine. Probably should have heard about him in eight generations, but I'll digress. I'll let it pass, and let's see what the game does from a lore perspective. But now there's your riding Pokemon. That's how you can get around. Now, there are leaks. There are leaks that I don't want to spoil, but these leaks tell me, and like by leaks, I don't just mean somebody on 4chan. I mean like the same screenshot leaks that were of the game when initially unveiled, that were true. These leaks were real, and the photos were of the actual game. I just saw them today for the first time because I didn't want to get spoiled of this game. When I found out there were leaks, I stayed away so I could be surprised. But I was watching a video today, and somebody brought them up, and I was like, God damn it, I wanted to stay away from these because, again, it did show that there's a Pokemon to ride, there's a Pokemon to fly, there's a Pokemon to surf on. There's another thing a way of traversal in this game that I haven't brought up yet, that there looks to be a new or Hisuian Pokemon or new evolution, who knows, um, that will help you do this type of traversal. And it looks that we have not gotten that unveiled. So I'd imagine that would get unveiled. And when it comes to the Pokemon with the red eyes and stuff like that, it looks like that there may be um, something behind that, a force behind that, that we have yet to encounter. And that is a part of that leak as well. So I'll kind of leave it there. I think there's a lot more to, to be learned about this game that I'm very, very excited to learn about. So please let me know what you think about Legends Arceus. That comes out at the end of January. Only three months separate these games, which is crazy. And BDSP. I have the uh, double pack pre-ordered for BDSP and Legends Arceus pre-ordered. Cannot wait to play. Uh, they look awesome. Both of them look awesome. I'm so excited, especially for Legends. Like That game has just potential to be special and something we talk about for a long time. Game Freak getting it right and potentially a br- blueprint, if done well, for Generation 9. Maybe Generation 9 isn't just the same old, same old. Maybe, you know, maybe they learned from the DLC, the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra, that people like a big, giant, wild area that they can just go around with a controllable camera and play around in. And if you did that in the towns and like the whole game was a big wild area where we can have controllable cameras and there's Pokemon that go in the grass, but also in the overworld like that to me, you kind of mix sword and shields, wild area and DLC areas with legends. And there's gen nine. And that changes the entire flips, the entire script. Maybe they wait till gen 10. It's a big seminal gen, you know, the big 10th anniversary. Maybe they wait till then to do that on the Switch's predecessor with potentially, you'd think, more powerful hardware. But I don't know. I don't work at Game Freak. I just don't. I'm excited to play some amazing Pokemon games. We haven't had a new one besides Mystery Dungeon uh, since Sword and Shield. We had the two DLCs. So this is like, finally, I'm really, really excited for these. So that were my thoughts on the Pokemon Presents. Let's get into Gamescom opening night. And again, like, 
I scroll like three times with my thumb down my screen just to give, to cover all this stuff. It was so much that Jeff Keighley and team unveiled. So let's dive right into it. It started off with a, with a world premiere, February 25th, 2022, a reboot of Saints Row. Wow. Whole around this like self-made type deal. Uh, a team of four. It's again, full co-op, four player. You're going around. It's, I, it's like this... It's like the New Mexico, Arizona type deal of the United States, the Southwest. And uh, it's Santa something or other. I can't remember. Islo or something. But very, very crackdown vibes. Like huge crackdown vibes. There's three gangs. You have to topple down the gang just like crackdown. So like to me, it reminded me of crackdown sands, the agility orbs. And it looked fun. The gameplay didn't look anything like the trailer, but that was kind of uh, – to be expected, they showed a CG trailer and then a very, very brief gameplay tease, uh, just enough to wet the whistle. There's more coming out about that game since it's been unveiled, but there's so many announcements, and I just don't have the time to go through, but I want to at least get everything out there for you. Saints Row was never my shtick. Um, I could see the appeal, and this was appealing, um, but it didn't like scratch the itch. If I had a top three announcements, this wouldn't make it. We never, next, we had the world premiere. This one took everyone by surprise. Uh, surprise it didn't leak. World premiere of Marvel Midnight Suns coming March 2022. So even more 2022 games. It looks like next year is just going to be the most packed, stacked year of gaming in history. Uh, published by 2K, developed by Fur Access. They worked with Marvel to develop a fully customizable superhero called The Hunter just for this game. To go up against, I believe it's Lilith, is the uh, big bad of the game. It's a tactical RPG in the vein of kind of like XCOM, if you will. There's a bunch of playable heroes. Wolverine, Iron Man, Captain America, you know, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. All the things you expect. Blade was in this game. It was pretty neat. Uh, we're getting a gameplay blowout September 1st. So that's right the day before we record our episode 249 that we're back next week. So... Uh, if I remember to check out the gameplay blowout or gameplay, I should say, debut of this game, I'll talk about it next week just to get a little bit more. I'm sure Sam would want to. It's Marvel. Um, I'm excited to th hear what he thought about these events. Uh, the Midnight Suns run of the comics first appeared in 1992, in August 1992. I believe it was Ghost Rider um, where it came up, but 1992 was the Midnight Suns, so... This is uh, an old, beloved, kind of cult classic. I guess old. 1992 is old now. That's crazy. 30 years. Uh, but 30 years is crazy. But yeah, that's the, the run of the Midnight Suns. So a tactical RPG, man. I'm into it. I like it. I liked Gears Tactics. I loved Mario plus Rabbids. XCOM's fine. Um, you slap Marvel on there. That's, that's kind of neat. It's another publisher, another developer, you know, that's getting that Marvel share. You know, you had Crystal Dynamics had their shot with Marvel's Avengers. You had Nintendo had Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, I believe Dark Order. Um, you have this one by 2K and for access. So, like, they're spreading around the, the Marvel love, kind of like Star Wars is getting a whole bunch of different developers. So, really, it's that whole Disney. And you'll see later with another property that Disney's collabing with. Disney's really getting out there and making a bunch of partnerships with a lot of different developers, which is smart. Find talent that way, cultivate relationships that way, and then hone in and work again with the best of the best. And that's how you find it. You don't wait for it to come to you. You go out and you make it happen. So kudos to Marvel there. 
we got a huge campaign gameplay premiere for Call of Duty Vanguard, the first Call of Duty campaign that looks appealing to me in a very long time. Actually, since World War II, which was the last Sledgehammer Call of Duty game. So it looks like of the three Call of Duty developers, Sledgehammer is the one that speaks to me the most. Um, I, I thought it looked fine. It's Activision, so they kind of take it with a grain of salt right now with all the things going on with Activision in the world. Um especially more on the Blizzard side, Blizzard not touching the Call of Duty games. So a lot of people, you know, down on this simply for, you know, not wanting to support Activision, which I totally understand and respect. You also have the another firing squad moment in gaming. <laughs> it's like, how many of those do we have to have? And like, these are real life battles and stuff that people are just like, yeah, they, they kick. So like, there is that sense of like, when is enough enough? But then you have the whole six days in Fallujah thing, which is a whole nother another thing so yeah uh it's a game i'm not going to be buying i do appreciate though that they're making the current gen version 60 dollars and they're making the last gen version 50 like i can really get on board with the pricing structure of the game uh they may be doing that to try and garner some more good faith at the end of the year call of duty vanguard will be the number one selling game of the year it always is even though it's coming out in november halo comes out well, we'll get into that in a second. Actually, next, that got a release date. But remember, that's going to be on Game Pass. So how much can those sales really be counted on? So again, Vanguard looked cool. Not enough for me to move the needle because that campaign will not be worth $60 alone. It'll be six to eight hours as it always is. And it's just not enough. Um, I'm replaying Master Chief Collection now to try and get ready for Infinite's campaign. And thank goodness Halo 5 is on Game Pass because there's no way I would buy Halo 5 with the mixed reception it got just to play a shorter campaign, eight hours or so, uh, just to get ready for Infinite. I would just skip it and watch a YouTube video online to try and get caught back up, and it would do me just as good. But I, I thought it looked okay, just just okay, which is fine. Uh, then we got Halo Infinite. We got a multiplayer trailer, which is something like it didn't show any gameplay. It was a CG trailer of a different ilk. A pedestrian, a human pedestrian, going through the streets with the covenant in the streets. And it was basically a different look at Spartans. And um it looked cool. I had no idea. You know, it was getting you ready for season one of this free-to-play multiplayer, which is fine. They're gonna do seasons every three to five months, six months. They'll throw out a new season, which is whatever. Um <clears throat> again, no gameplay. So we got nothing, no gameplay this entire little halo blowout but we did get some cool stuff we got a release date for infinite which we didn't get at the xbox game show the day before and we didn't even get a release date for the gunk or i would have been talking about that we just got a freaking little mini trailer so like definitely disappointed in uh the xbox showcase but we did get some halo news here so the power of keely strikes again um december 8th this year so again about two to three weeks it's the big christmas game a lot of people buy that with very minimal time to spare, but there you go. You pick up your Series S or your Series X, you get Game Pass, and on Christmas morning, you just start playing Halo right then and there because it'll be available on Game Pass day one. So another huge get for the Game Pass world is every first play, first party uh, Microsoft game goes right to Game Pass, and that's how I'll play it, and I'll play the shit out of it. And the multiplayer is free to play anyway. You don't even need Game Pass. You just I don't even think you need Xbox Live Gold anymore to play free-to-play games. I think Microsoft backed off on that. And now free-to-play is just free-to-play. So you can enjoy Halo multiplayer regardless. And that'll be a lot of fun to jump into and finally get back into a multiplayer game. 
uh, a little bit. Excited for that. Sea of Thieves is really scratching an itch for me right now. I think it's awesome. But you, they, they came out with not one but two controllers to celebrate Halo Infinite's release and the 20th anniversary of both Xbox and uh, Halo. Halo was a launch title for the original Xbox. There's a limited edition Series X that is pretty badass, and it's got a normal Series X controller with it that's Halo-themed. That's coming out November 15th. The pre-orders are available now, and they're already going for $1,000 from scalpers who are total assholes. Please don't ever buy anything from a scalper, man. That is the worst. But um, it looked neat. The Elite controller, $200, looks so badass. The Elite 2 uh, special edition Elite 2 Halo controller, which you also pre-order now. It looks so good. I'm not an Elite controller person. I think the Series X slash S controller is awesome. I love the grip to it. I'm holding it right now. I love the grips to it. Um, the triggers are really responsive. I love the, I don't love side to side thumbsticks like on the PlayStation. So I love the up and down thumbstick on there. If you could have the dual sense features on the series S slash X controller, it'd be the perfect controller, the dual sense. I still give a little bit of a nod to the dual sense because of the features inside of that controller. It's just nothing like it. The vibration in a dual sense is unlike anything I've ever played before, but I digress. We got a world premiere of Cult of the Lamb. It's a roguelite action adventure. Uh, we got Midnight Fight Express, an update. It's a one-man show. It's coming to Game Pass day one, so that's pretty cool. It looks like a physics-based one. Then we got something I've been looking really forward to. I've been looking for more information on TMNT Shredder's Revenge, the Teenage Mutant Turtles kind of uh, 2D beat-em-up, the Turtles in Time, spiritual successor, old-school turtle designs. It said 2021 upon initial release trailer but they snuck in there that it's 2022 now they never said the word delayed so it is though it's delayed it's been officially delayed until 2022 no wit no window no date we don't know but we do know that it's got a new playable character april o'neill will be playable she's got a little microphone in her hand and she's kicking ass they did a full gameplay blowout you can revive fallen turtles by feeding them pizza it looks so much like so much fun there's team moves we can pick one up and throw them at the enemies. And like, I cannot wait for this game. I love a good beat em up streets of rage Four, one of the best. They did it right. The same publisher dot emu is doing this is publishing this game. I think I'm nothing but faith. Take your time. Sucks that it's 2022. I was looking for something to play this year, but game pass is doing me well right now. I got ghost to Tsushima's director's cut. I got my game pass stuff to get me through to brilliant diamond, shining pearl and halo infinite. I'll be just fine. I can wait till 2022. Then we got the update for Super Monkey Ball Banana uh, Banana Mania, still coming October 5th. But we got a mini game trailer showing off all these awesome mini games: pool, bowling, baseball, uh, the ones you know and love. But also we got our new playable character, which is Morgana from Persona, which is neat. But five dollars November 2nd, not a part of the all those free uh, characters they've been announcing: Sonic, Tails. The person from Jet Set, the person from uh, uh, Yakuza, all those are free. Morgana is going to be five bucks. There's probably more stuff you get with that because five dollars is a hefty price when you think about even the price for like a Smash Ultimate character. You get, you know, the stage and the character and some music tracks for like seven bucks. So five just for a monkey ball cat doesn't do it for me there. I'll be skipping that one. Splitgate got an update saying that it'll be. That free-to-play game is taking over the world. It's Halo meets Portal, and it does kind of live up to that. It is a lot of fun. 
Uh, but they're starting seasons on that. So season zero, new maps, that looks like fun. Riders Republic got an update that the open beta is now open to the public. And you can go to Riders Republic's website. You can get a link to the PlayStation Store. You can add it to your library, and then it'll be there on your console on Xbox and PlayStation as well until the 28th. So if you're listening to this episode, when it drops, you can get into the Riders Republic beta, which I'll be doing when I'm done recording this episode. Cannot wait to play that. It looks awesome. We got a world premiere of UFL, a free-to-play soccer game, an update for the Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga. It's coming spring 2022, no specific date. It did get a funny little uh, trailer. We haven't heard about that game in a while outside of it being delayed. Nice for it to show back up. Synced Off Planet got a re-reveal. The Outlast Trials, which is the Outlast, that horror franchise. It's up to four-player co-op. That's launching in 2022. And then V pops up. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And uh, Keely even said, like a monster collector, you know, an action-adventure creature creature collection game. And immediately what springs to my mind is Pokemon. Of course it does. And so I'm going to pay attention. And you're, you know, you're, it has to do with dreams and stuff like that, but you're a protagonist skating and biking and hang gliding around the world and uh, battling monsters with these creatures that you collect. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? And it looked really neat. It did look a little rough, a little rough. Um, I will give it that. Didn't love that. The frame rate, I should say, looked a little rough at times. And I'm talking, I'm coming from a Pokemon fan and a Nintendo fan, which frame rates can be, they can be rough. But this game has my attention in a big way. You want to talk about Pokemon meets Splatoon, meets meets Yokai Watch, meets like an action adventure tape deal. It started off as an MMO. They switched it to a kind of a more action adventure style game. I am, it looks really fun. I'm totally in on it. I cannot wait for Doke V. I'm going to play that on PlayStation unless it comes to Game Pass. Because then clearly I will play it on my Series S. But this game just looks like a lot of fun. Check this one out. Don't sleep on it. Watch the trailer. Dokev. D-O-K-E-V. Dokev. If you if you don't want to you know forget, check that one out. We don't have the trailer on our socials or anything like that, so I just want to YouTube it. But this game kind of stuck out to me as the hype moment of the conference. It had my attention the whole time. And it is a deep look into it. It wasn't just a 30-second tease. It was a couple minutes. Like They went pretty hard into it. So check out Doge V. Jurassic World Evolution 2 got a gameplay reveal and a release date November 9th. Far Cry 6 got another update. We can't have a fucking big showcase without seeing this fucking game. And there wasn't even any gameplay. Like Completely over it at this point. Far Cry 6 comes out this October. Fine. Blood Hunt. Uh, it's a free-to-play battle royale. First scenic summer game fest got an update. We got a world premiere of Park Beyond, which is like roller coaster tycoon on steroids, and in the future, it's like a different park constructor kind of game. It's coming in 2022. You want to create a futuristic theme park, but use your creativity, use your brain, use your mind as much as possible to keep the theme park alive. Um, and it's not coming to any old gen consoles, only series S and X, only PS five and PC, no one, no PS four, which is such a freaking breath of fresh air. Can we move on from the old consoles, please? And that's coming from somebody. Yes. Who now owns a series S and has all three of the new consoles and got rid of both his Xbox ones. But like, 
I had two Xbox Ones. I could have kept them and been happy playing old shit. I'm, and like, I still have my PS4. I'm just tired of it. Can we just move on from the old consoles and just have some fun with the new shit? I am tired of playing my back catalog. Like I want to, I want new stuff. So it's nice to see things coming just to these consoles. Park Beyond, check that one out too. Jet got an update, and then they did an update for Horizon Forbidden West. We got a release date. We didn't get one in that state of play. We haven't heard a thing since that state of play. And now we know February 18th, 2022. So just a couple of weeks after Legends Arceus comes out, we will finally get our hands on for, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Pre-order start September 2nd. And on top of that, the 60 frames per second patch for the original game, Horizon Zero Dawn, is available right now. And that game was free for all PlayStation users, not even PlayStation Plus, for all PlayStation users. I believe it was like in April or June. I can't remember when. But they gave that game out for nothing. And so if you were able to download that, log on, download the patch, you can now play it smooth as butter, 60 FPS if you've been trying to get into that game and just couldn't, this might be a new opportunity for you with a stabilized high frame rate. Uh, we got an update for New World, the MMORPG from Amazon. We got like a director's thing. I'm out. Don't care. Could care less. Uh, could not care less. Marvel Future Revolution was a mobile game. That's out now. A new Tales game is coming to mobile. Tales of Arise got a demo, which is available now. The new Tales game looks awesome. Tales of Vesperia might be the one that sticks out to you. The GameCube, I believe even PS2 game. Uh, the the uh, JRPG it was a neat little game, but that has a de- demo available now for consoles. Jumanji: The Curse Returns, I believe that was unveiled today as a world premiere. I, I can't remember if I've ever heard of that one before, but we're getting a Jumanji game. We got a little update for Lost Judgment, and I said earlier, Disney spreading their wings everywhere. They're spreading their wings in the fall, guys. And if you ask me, any Disney. Uh, uh, a franchise that could come into Fall Guys and make sense. I don't know what I would tell you, but I sure as hell wouldn't tell you the Jungle Book. <laughs> and that's what we're getting. We're getting the Jungle Book coming to Fall Guys, which is it was just, just something else. Did not expect that one. Like playing as Mowgli and shit. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Replace got an update where you can download the track from the reveal. Replace was that awesome looking 2D game from I think the Xbox Series X showcase when that first got unveiled or maybe it was the microsoft e3 this year i think it was microsoft's 2021 e3 um yeah i think that's it replaced looks awesome from an indie perspective and now you can download the track the music track from that trailer age of empires 4 got an update valheim got an update hearth and home if you play that is coming 9 16 so september 16th for that Crossfire X got a CG trailer that is famously being made by Remedy. At least the campaign is, I think, the campaign. It's either the campaign or the multiplayer is being made by Remedy, which did Control and Alan Wake. Uh, Aloy from Horizon is joining Genshin Impact on September 1st. That is like kind of a reason for me to start playing Genshin Impact. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I'm kind of hyped on that. I'm also hyped that the Phillies you know, just hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth inning. Pretty awesome. Uh, Sifu got an update and a release date of 2-22-22. Lots of twos there. Sifu. That's a fighting game mixed with a brawler, even though you'd think they're the same thing. This game, I was out on it from the jump. I can, it's grown on me like the slightest little bit, but 
Not enough for me to dip my toe. I'm going to pass on seafood, but I can understand why people are hyped. And then a very extended Death Stranding director's cut trailer. The thing was like seven minutes. It was brutally long. And that's the thing that ended it. There was no one more thing. So a little disappointed there. Um, listen, this was a long two-hour show. It had a little bit for everyone, unless you're a Nintendo fan. Not a ton there for Nintendo fans, but that's okay. We're all expecting a September Direct, and that's why I think they weren't here. Sometimes they do a little Paris Games Week, so maybe that's there. I don't know, but I think a September Direct is coming. That's why I think Nintendo was pretty radio silent here. Um, we'll get we'll get there. I've all the confidence in the world we'll see a September Direct, and that's where we'll get our Nintendo fix. But this had some Xbox stuff. This had PlayStation stuff. This had stuff, something for everybody, and I'm hyped on it. It was awesome. Um, it was nice to just be able to sit back and, again, watch a two-hour dedicated show to gaming. We haven't had one since really since June. Some people are expecting a state of play in September as well. So September could be a hype month uh, for, for games from a Nintendo Direct state of play perspective. Xbox and inside Xbox, they're pretty rough. Even you saw it with their Gamescom one. They have no idea still how to put on a personalized event outside of their E3 thing. Just copy and paste what you did for E3. Game, 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 game. None of this like developer interview shit. We don't care. I don't care if it's half the length if you just show us the games and the stuff that matters so we can get hype. I don't need to sit around and talk about Forza's new car for 15 minutes. The game looks awesome. I'm going to download it on Game Pass day one. But Keely, you bastard, you did it again. No Abandon, which was crazy. I was totally expecting something there. No Kojima at all. We saw Death Stranding, but no actual Kojima there, which was crazy with a Keely thing. I would have expected it. Um, nothing Nintendo, really, like I said. <clears throat> we'll probably see that next month. But it did have a lot of other stuff. Halo, you know, Horizon, some new IP, Saints Row being rebooted, a new Marvel game. Um you know, some TMNT news. It was awesome. So I enjoyed it. Probably 30 minutes too long. The last half hour pretty, pretty fell pretty flat. Um, would have probably just gone with 90 minutes and said, let's go. Um, but I'm happy it happened. It was so cool to be able to watch. And again, that Pokemon Presents last week. You had Gamescom opening night live this week. Just a cool time to be a gamer right now. Not a, We're not getting flooded with new releases right now. And we understand that with COVID. That's fine. But at the end of the day, we got stuff to look forward to, and with that, I'm happy because I'm a hype machine. I just want something to look forward to, and now we got it. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out for this special bonus episode of We Podcast, and we know things. We'll be back next week full-time, Sam and I, with episode 240.